Welcome all, and thanks for tuning in again for another episode of the Build Me a Brewery podcast. This is part four and our final episode of the Brewery Consulting and Quality Management segment. Today's episode, I chat with Paul Kit Agrawal, or PK as he mostly goes by, who is the founder and CEO of The Fifth Ingredient. I first came across these guys in my chat with Steve Hendo, who is the Australian brand ambassador for their industry-leading software, Beer 30. Now, a topic that I never really considered when planning this podcast about building a brewery, Beer 30 is simply a brewery data management software that helps breweries improve quality and efficiency with their brewing operations by replacing paper logs and spreadsheets by electronically capturing important data related to brew days, fermentation, packaging, inventory, sales, and many other back-of-house aspects. This is a great chat and a very interesting topic to cover for an aspiring brewery owner, as well as for those already established breweries still slogging it out on paper when it comes to data capturing for their brewery operations. So I'll leave you all to it then. I hope you enjoy my chat with PK from The Fifth Ingredient. Welcome, PK, to the Build Me Brewery podcast. Thanks for coming on, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. Really appreciate that and looking forward to chatting more uh, about building the brewery side of things. Yeah, well, uh, how we got in contact, well, I first came across you guys through Hendo from Rockstar Brewer and uh, he's going to feature on an earlier episode. Um, Yeah, he spoke highly of you guys and and what you do for the, uh, I guess, data management side of the brewing industry. And uh, it wasn't, I guess, a concept I actually looked at um, before starting this podcast and it's amazing all you know some of the people that have reached out and talked about all these other elements to consider when starting and and even running a brewery and you know you reached out and talked a bit about what you guys do and and you know what be 30 and the capabilities and it was quite interesting to hear the suite of of services you offer and uh, I guess wanted to take this episode and focus on quality management, data capturing, tracking and all that, which B30 uh, is equipped to do. But before we get into all of that, I'd like to get to know a bit more about you, mate. And I guess just tell us a bit more about your career background, how you got into the brewing industry, because I know that you know, you've come from beer before you've got into the IT software side. So yeah, take it away, mate, and let us know a bit more about yourself. Awesome. Thanks. So uh, I actually went to university in the States. So I went to Harvard University and studied mechanical engineering with some computer science courses and did some stuff in tech, you know, worked at Microsoft, worked, uh, did a couple other startup internships as well. And after when I was in my final year, when I was looking for places to go after graduation, um, I came across a brewery called Ballast Point Brewing. And they were recruiting on campus um, and thought it'd be really cool to check it out, see what was happening. I knew very little about beer other than what I'd had to drink in college and things. And so this is super interesting, very different industry. And when I went on to San Diego, California to check out the brewery, I was just amazed by everything that was de- uh, dealing with packaging equipment, right? I have a mechanical engineering degree. And so to really grasp just all the engineering and science that goes into making beer, that it's a combination of art and science, right? And that you have like the recipes, but then everything that goes into the actual mechanics and electrical set of having a brew house operate and having equipment operate. And so started off there as a process engineer and worked at Ballast Point Brewing for about two and a half years. And so during that time, my focus was mainly on the packaging equipment, 
So bottling lines, kegging lines, canning lines. I helped them out with a lot of optimization, focused a lot on Rotec kegs to really understand the quality of what's happening inside of a keg. Um, and then also helped them out with the expansion into Virginia where they installed new equipment as well. So it was really cool focusing on that side of the business. And uh, one of the really cool projects that I also got to do was launch Ballast Point's entire nitrogen beer brand in bottles and in bulk production of kegs. And so this was really cool to be able to have you know, the Ballast Point Red Velvet stat that we did for a Valentine's Day special in 2017 to actually be utilized by breweries and to have uh, Ballast Point actually have uh, this nitro beer in bottles. And so this was really cool. You know, you're I'm sure you're familiar with the Guinness or Left Hand Milk stat, et cetera. And Ballast Point really wanted to be on the cutting edge of that as well. And so it was really awesome to run that project from start to finish. Um, so after about two and a half years, I left and started the fifth ingredient. And the thought was, you know, the four ingredients in beer, water, malt, hops, yeast. The fifth ingredient is data. And the real thought process here was that, you know, I wanted to actually utilize this element to do consulting for breweries. And what I realized was that as I was uh, hitting up some breweries in San Diego and as I was traveling to Toronto, Canada, or even back home to Marion, Florida, as I visited some breweries, I noticed that even if people had some sort of brewery management system, right? whether it was, uh, you know, some of the ones that people are well, uh, well known or some of the other ones that are there, um, it would be very difficult to try and consult for somebody when all they had was paper logs, spreadsheets, and whiteboards, right? And imagine you go to a brewery like, hey, I'm here to look at your data. And they're like, oh, here's a binder full of brew logs. You're like, this isn't going to help me. Mm. And so at that point, I realized that the current data management softwares that were in the industry kind of had an element of it that was lacking. And that was on the brewery process side. Right. And coming from the process world myself and running a lot of the QC stuff for packaging and things like that, it was really cool to think about, hey, you know, let me try and build up this software. And so that's where the Beer 30 concept came out. And so launched a version one of the software, an alpha version rather, in January 2018, just to see if people were interested. And that year I went to CBC, the Craft Brewers Conference. It was happening in Nashville, Tennessee, and checked it out and got a lot of really positive reviews, even from people that were using what are now competing softwares like orchestrated beer or ecos and you know using those softwares and yet they were still very interested in looking at something like what beer 30 was in that alpha version and so that's kind of how the thought process came about that's kind of how the thing started which was what is it that i can build to remove all the paper logs spreadsheets and whiteboards because a brewery is not going to be able to afford like all breweries aren't going to be able to afford hiring an engineer straight out of undergrad to then build on these processes, right? And so it was very interesting to be able to take what I learned, seeing what's in the industry, and try and develop a new concept and start that with like this alpha version and build up from there. Right, okay. And uh, when, when was it exactly you did launch with uh, B30? What year was it? Uh, so had an alpha version January 2018. Um, but then had our first paying customer May 2018. So that's kind of when like the first phase, like version one of the software came about when we had our first paycheck coming in yep. or first, you know, client check, not our first paycheck, but first client check, uh, first revenue rather. Um, and it was during that same time as well that I met my business partner, Ryan Ellis as well, uh, who's now co-founder and chief operating officer of the company. And he's been instrumental in making everything happen since he joined the company back in June 2018. Right. Okay. And you pretty much service globally looking at your website, you apply to breweries all over the world and you know, have built up quite a good portfolio of breweries here in Australia as well. Uh, you able to tell us about some of the well-known breweries that use uh, are clients of yours? 
Yeah, for sure. So uh, really cool. I mean, the, the growth that we've had has been uh, phenomenal in 2020 alone as well. And, you know, we have breweries ranging from as low as uh, 7,000 liters uh, a year, which is, you know, very, very small, all the way up to the, the big players that are doing about 55, 60,000 hectoliters. Right. So getting onto that, uh, that really nice cusp of things. So it's been really cool to just see that growth happen. And when you start hitting that like 6 million mark, seeing just like, you know, how it is to see these, these customers using it. And so at this point, as of today, December 16th, we're in over 100 and 132 breweries right now across 12 countries, going from Australia, where we have about 45 breweries roughly. Uh, to the U.S., New Zealand, Mexico, Canada, started to get our, a couple of clients in the, uh, Europe, got our first brewery in Ireland as well. So mm. it's been cool to see that growth happen as, uh, throughout. And yeah, Australia has been really awesome having some of our early adopters there. And Hendo, like you mentioned earlier, has been really helpful with that as well, given his presence and knowledge in the industry. But having, you know, well-known breweries like Black Hops Brewing, uh, Aether Brewing, Your Mates, Rocky Ridge, uh, you know, going down... Uh, to even the the bigger ones that are present, like Moondog as well, right? And working with different people and just seeing what we can do to help the industry as a whole. And the best part is that, like I said, our smallest customers to the biggest ones, Beer 30 is easily scalable. So that way it's cost effective and really goes into different modules and features that people of all sizes can really utilize. Right, okay. And uh, getting into, I guess, you know, what B30 essentially is and it's I mean best way to describe it is a, a brewery data management software is, is that right yeah yeah so so a- the way I think about the the beer 30 system is that it's a combination of like what you traditionally hear in ERP world so the enterprise resource planning world with what you hear in the lab side as a limb system lab information management services right and it's that the ERP and the limb system had a baby and that's what beer 30 is where it's a combination of both where you have the awesome graphs and genealogy trees and process side on the beer production aspect, but then also have the inventory, batch costing, sales and distribution that you would find in a traditional ERP system. And it's that combination of the two that really sets Beer 30 apart from any other software in the industry because it allows people to have that flexibility for process tracking and actual beer production and sales tracking and cost of goods analysis as well. Right. And so why is it important for breweries to capture data related to their brewing? And, um, and, and Beer 30 also captures much more than that, just the brew, not just the brew days, but all the back-end stuff of a brewery, um, like you know, sales and inventory management. But why, why is it important um, for a brewery to have, I guess, this type of software? Sure. So, so what I really want to emphasize is that regardless of what software you're using when you first start off, whether it's Beer 30 or whether it's a competitor, Start your brewery off correctly by having systems in place that allow you to see from a very high level view of what's happening in your business, but also allow you to go down to a very granular level on a batch by batch basis and understanding what's happening to make proper business decisions. One of the things that you know I noticed was that many companies would really not understand what was the difference between batch seven versus batch eight for their same flagship beer. Right. And at that point, what you realize is that you're building a customer brand and you're building this element that there's a customer following where if you open up that IPA, it's always the same for that particular brewery and that particular style. Right. And it's true to brand. And so the importance of having a software system for data management 
is that you really need to be able to compare if everything is not the same, why is it not the same, right? What's happening in the process that's making things differently? And the key is that, sure, many people can spend, you know, hours to days to weeks building out spreadsheets and building out all of these paper logs and things to track that information. It's possible, right? It's been happening for years. But it really comes down to, well, why would you waste all that time and energy building something when systems already exist where people's full-time jobs, like myself and Ryan and our team, is to build that software? And it's not just designed for one person. It's designed for hundreds of booths, right? And so with that, you're getting this awesome element of crowdsourcing best practices on what you want to do when it comes to the quality aspect of things. And so those are some reasons why what, what I tell customers, especially new ones that are just starting off on building a brewery is look, you need to basically start off with us that day that you order your first set of grains, hops, and adjuncts. Because at that point, you want to make sure that that purchase order is in beer 30. So that way the actual cost landed for each grain, hop, and adjunct is being properly tracked. So that way, whether it's in six months, whether it's a year, you know exactly how much it's costing per beer, per pint, per liter, to really be able to understand. And that's the importance of data, where it goes just beyond comparison, but actually understanding how successful your business is and what the profit revenue looks, are looking like. Yeah, and I would imagine that a lot of people starting out, like if it's a micro, nano brewery, you know, or even people going straight up into, you know, maybe a brew pub or production brewery with a tap room, this is probably going to be an expense that, is going to be an afterthought. Would you say that? It's typically something that, you know, they're focusing on equipment, they're focusing on dialing their recipes in, getting their brewery and their doors open. You know, the same of what would be probably for the marketing and sales aspect of the, the beer. It, it always seems to be about just getting the fancy, shiny equipment in and that's where all my money is going to go. But do you find a lot of breweries, they're hard to convert in the early days, or do you think it's more reserved for the more established guys who are starting to see the writing on the wall with it? Uh, that's a really, really cool point they're bringing up. I think the, the industry that we're in right now is the craft beer industry as a whole is becoming extremely competitive, right? We're noticing that the number of barrels, especially if you look in the US, the number of barrels that are being brewed over the last three to five, three to four years is flatlining at this point. But the number of breweries in the US has been increasing from 6,000, 7,000, nearly 9,000 that we have right now. And what that's leading to is people realizing that you can't just win off of just having the stainless steels or having the beer that's there. You win because you're able to maintain quality and cut back on costs, right? And that's where something like this really comes into effect, where my goal and vision for the fifth ingredient is just like you said right now, right? Where people, when they open up a brewery, they're like, hey, I got to get this particular probe. I got to get this particular tank. Everybody knows you start off a brewery with a pH meter, right? You need to have that. I want it to be that that is the same mentality that people have is I need to get a software in my system and I brewery from day one. And ideally it's beer 30, but even if it's not beer 30, get something in from day one, just so that way things are being properly tracked from the very beginning. I think that's really what's helping set breweries apart. The ones that are kind of playing catch up as opposed to the ones that are being proactive with that data and using the intelligence that the data set can do and the software can do to help them be more proactive and brew better beer. So those operating on more, I guess, old traditional methods of Excel spreadsheets and you know, paper-based brew logs, they're, they're probably exposing themselves to consistency risks. Would you say that? 
I wouldn't say I wouldn't say consistency risk only because I mean people I've seen some very robust spreadsheets, right? I've seen people that are going, you know, multiple pivot tables in and multiple analysis things. I think what what the the bigger downside is the amount of time and energy that is being spent to build something that is of that caliber where it's not a risk, right? Because mm-hmm. you can definitely build something out like that, but there's accountants that can run circles around me in Excel and run circles around me in coding even, right? And People can do that. And that's awesome. But the real question becomes, you're opening up a brewery because you want to brew beer. You're not opening up a brewery because you want to spend hours to weeks or paying thousands of thousands of dollars to a consultant to build these out for you. You're opening it because you want to brew that perfect beer, brew that beer that tastes amazing. So don't spend the time and energy and resources on rebuilding a wheel that people have been trying to perfect for years. And you can literally just pay a monthly fee to get that. Yeah, and and I guess I'm already starting to see the benefits of investing up front because if if you don't purchase things like this or or have dedicate it in your budget to to automate things and make things a bit easier for you, you're just going to spend more and more time uh, away from the brewing side and the creativity side of your beers, and you're probably going to have to eventually hire someone that that might have to do that if, if you didn't go down the beer, beer software route and so it's it's all i can't remember who it was i was talking to maybe uh one in the the equipment uh, sourcing aspect where we're talking about how automation can act as a, another staff member and uh and rather than paying 80 to 100 grand a year salary it's it's you know paying for really to make your life easier, streamline things, and, and you can focus more on on the brewing side and, and not so much on, you know, like you said, building out spreadsheets and, and data capturing on yeah, the manual way. Yeah, you got it. Mm. Yep, you got it. Exactly. That, that's the key. And what I really want to emphasize with that as well is we're not talking about a $50,000, $80,000 capital expense, right? Like, for example, Beer 30, our pricing is set up where it's cheered based on the brewery's annual output and the modules that you're using, right? And so this gives people that really nice flexibility where they can pick and choose what they want and not pay for things that they're never gonna utilize, right? So for example, as of present day, in terms of pricing, our tier one, which is between zero and 100,000 liters, the base system starts off at 125 US a month, right? And at that point, when you look at it and you break it down, you're literally talking about like five bucks a day, right? Like a pint of beer, less than that even, right? at 125 US a month. And you start adding on things like, oh, maybe you want to include like the zero or QuickBooks online. Maybe you want to track sales and discharge costs. And that's where you're able to add those on. But at the minimum, you can streamline at least seven to 15 spreadsheets that you would use for your raw material tracking, brew day, ferment day, filter day, bright tank, package, at least with just the base system, right? And it becomes a cool way to understand the nuances that you can go as far down the rabbit hole as you want with data. And there's like so many cool things that people can do even into the future. But the goal is start off from day one with having systems in place that excite you to understand and understand how your data is actually performing. Yeah. And uh, I know we've uh, skimmed and touched on certain aspects of what the software can offer, but are you able to, I guess, dive into all the the key different areas or, or modules as your website sort of details them as for available to a brewery? Yeah, for sure. So so the way that we have it set up, like I mentioned, the base system is really just focused on the brew process side of things and just basic inventory tracking, right? And so that's really diving in to understand, hey, you know, what's happening as you harvest yeast, looking at genealogy health, understanding in visual format, 
what's happening as you compare six different batches of beer on top of one another to look at fermentation profiles, right? And using beer 30 as the actual day-to-day brew log and data capture mechanism. From there, it becomes great because we have some recommended upgrades that we have. And again, you can find all this on the website. And I know, Chris, you're going to be tagging this as well down below. But, um, you know, you're able to look at recommended upgrades to focus on first lot traceability, packaging supplies, and batch costing, right? So imagine if for some reason you have a, a lot supplier, malt supplier, hop supplier that has a product recall, right? They're like, hey, everyone, we need to recall batch 66 of two row pale malt, right? All of a sudden, for you to now spend time in spreadsheets trying to track that, it's going to be a pain, right? Where in a software system, you, all you have to do is pick the malt and you can see every single batch that it ties in and also understand the dollar values that went into each particular beer. Because think about it, right? From a costing perspective, if there's ever a product recall, the amount of beer cost that went into making each of those liters or barrels or the hectoliters is all stuff that the supplier should cover, right? And so these become some interesting ways with that next module upgrade to incorporate that. From there, the next upgrade that we tell people is to focus on sales and distribution if you're making that happen, where now all of a sudden you can use Beer 30 to track the entire finished goods inventory and understand exactly what's happening with with finished cans, bottles, kegs, understand which accounts are being successful, right? And really dive in to understand what the sales are. And with the first aspect, which shows you the cost module, now you're able to dive in on the revenue side and compare them to really understand what the entire profit analysis ends up being. That becomes a really cool way to add in sales and distribution. From there, another module that we have is integration with Zero and QuickBooks Online. So as you make a purchase order, as you make a receiving voucher or tax invoice, syncing those up directly with your accounting system, right? You'd be surprised there's so many breweries that the fifth ingredient has worked with that we've actually helped them really streamline their accounts payable and receivable just based on the advice that we have from so many successful breweries on how they should be operating their cost of goods, their AR, their APs, in order to make sure that things are being properly tracked in the zero QuickBooks Online world. And then from there, another recommended upgrade that we have is focusing on sensory and quality. And this really comes into understanding like full CIP log tracking, understanding sensory side of things. I know that for some countries, it's legally required that you get your beer tested by a third-party lab and being able to track that data as well. And so those all tie in with another upgrade. And if you check out the website, there's at least six or seven more modules that you can sign up for, but it's great. And one of the cool things, Christy, you mentioned earlier when we were talking about the hardware side, and this is a little a sneak peek, that as of you know January 2021, we're actually rolling out a hardware API as well. And we're working with some of the well-known vendors in the industry to have it be that if a tank has a temperature probe, for example, it can send the data directly into Beer 30 as well. And so it's things like that that really helps streamline and help on the automation side to really understand just what those modules look like so that way you're only using and paying for what you actually need. You mentioned earlier some other competitor softwares like um, is it Ecos, Orchestrated Beer, and uh, there's another one that's Un- not coming to mind. Unleashed. Unleashed, yes. So how does your software differ from those? Is it just more a full range of suite services, a a gap that you're sort of filling? Yeah, it's very interesting, right? So um, the way that Ryan and I describe it, one of the key differentiating factors that we have compared to all three of those, Ecos, Obeer, or Unleashed, is that Ryan and I both come from the brewing background, right? I come from the process side. I come from the actual, uh, you know, understanding packaging and brewing side of things. And Ryan has years of experience with sales and distribution. 
And what's really cool is that because of that, we actually understand the way a brewery operates. So as a concrete example, right? And this is one of the examples that a lot of customers tell us that switch over from a competitor. And at this point, about 30% of our portfolio has switched over from a competitor like those three that you mentioned. And one of the one of the great examples to put into context is Beer 30 is built with the brewer in mind, right? And so, for example, in some other softwares, if you don't have the inventory on hand, like if you don't have the grains or hops, you're locked out of brewing, right? Which from an accounting perspective is amazing. You don't want a brewer to actually be brewing if he or she doesn't have the inventory in the system. But from a brewer's perspective, think about that for a second. If I have hot water sitting in my mash in front of me and I got a bag of grain in my hand that I'm slicing open with a knife and all of a sudden my inventory management system says, hey, you can't brew, go and trace down the purchase order or invoice add in the inventory and then go and brew, you're going to be super frustrated. You're not going to stop what you're doing. You're just going to be like, look, I'll deal with this later. Let me pull up my phone. Let me pick a piece of paper and take down my pH and gravities and things, right? In our case in Beer 30, we decided after a lot of feedback from customers, decided to build an untracked bucket in our system where now as you're brewing, if that inventory, it doesn't exist, just mark it as untracked. You're allowed to go negative in the system and we'll flag it for you with a red exclamation mark. So that way you know that this needs to be reconciled or accounts payable, accounts receivable. Somebody else knows that, hey, we got to go take care of this, but it hasn't stopped you from brewing, right? And that's the key with Beer 30 is because of that mentality, things like yeast genealogy, sensory graphs, understanding fermentation profiles, to my understanding, those are all things that are very unique to Beer 30 that don't exist in the other softwares as of yet, right? And so it's things like that. It's that innovation of understanding how to brew better beer and brew more beer that really sets us apart. The other thing that's really awesome is that in terms of getting up and running, most breweries are up and running within a couple hours. And if you look online, there's a great testimonial from the team at Aether Brewing, Dave Ward, where uh, we actually did an onboarding with them and wrapped up a call around uh, 11 p.m. my time, and that was back in Pacific time, 11 p.m., and they're like, we're in, what do we do? And I was like, well, I'll throw you a curveball. How about we onboard you in the next half hour? I'll send over the paperwork and let's get going, right? Yeah. And it was around 5 p.m. Brisbane time for them. And it was great. We did the onboarding. Within 24 hours, they were up and running with everything in stock take and inventory world. And then within 36, they were legitimately brewing in the software. So that's the other cool thing, which is we're not talking about taking weeks to months to get up and running. It's legitimately hours to days. And it's amazing to see people not spending weeks to get a stock take done. It's literally between hours to days and it's amazing to see that. Mm. And I noticed on your website that you do a, uh, like a free demo where you run people through all the dashboard and all the other aspects of it. Do you, do you also have a trial period where people can maybe trial it out for a month or so before, you know, really so signing up with you guys or, or, or going, you know, the full nine yards with you? So that's a really fun story with that as well. So we actually in uh, we actually ended all free trials at the end of uh, 2018. Jan 2019 is when we got rid of that. And there's a fun reason behind that, right? And it comes to one of your earlier points, which is how valuable people think of the data. And one thing that we realized was that many breweries would really consider this kind of like a free gym membership, right? Where if yeah, I give you a free gym yeah. membership, you'll probably go the first day or two. And yeah, you're very active about it. Something comes up, hey, I got to go order the grain. I got to go do this or that. And using something like Beer 30 becomes secondary, right? And people fall into those old habits. And at that point, it's that system where 
if you're not on top of it on a daily basis, it's going to become homework. Mm-hmm. And so what we realized was that when we had that free trial period of 30 days, that you know, depending on the brewery, how eager they were, some were off to the races, and others would use it very intently for the first couple of days. Weekend comes around, they get it on a Monday morning. Hey, the hot liquor tank isn't working. I got to go deal with these things. And all of a sudden, it's gone, right? And so instead of what we decided to do after a lot of trial and error is that we do the free demo. And then what we do is if a, if a brewery is interested, we set them up with a fake sandbox account. That way, they can actually go in there and have a play with it on their own time, understand the user interface. There's a bunch of fake data in there, and they can go add their own fake data, nothing proprietary. That way, they get a feel for the system, right? And if at that point, they're like, look, we like the system, we like the interface, the usability of it, then we're like, cool, let's get onboarding started and then become a paid customer. And so we realized that even just by giving that like demo aspect of it and giving them that fake sandbox, it served its purpose of letting people get a play for it rather than committing right away. And that's been massively successful for us to do something like that and successful for the brewery as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you mentioned earlier a bit about some of the backend stuff and how it can link in with Zero and QuickBooks and all that. So I think I may have misunderstood when doing my, I guess, pre-interview research. But uh, so if someone's looking at, you know, the the Zero software for the accounting aspect, and you'd still need to subscribe to that. It's it B thirty doesn't replace that. It just talks to it. Is that right? Yeah, correct. So yep. uh, Zero and QuickBooks Online are those financial systems that talk to banks that have the whole you know configuration set up for accounts payable, receivable, writing checks, going with Stripe deposits, et cetera. We don't deal with anything on the banking side. That's a whole other legal yeah, logistical so. thing, as you can yeah. imagine, right? So yeah. we, don't, we, we just sync up with them because, again, it's built a software that you understand. Trying to deal with the banking side would be a really big thing. And not to say that in the future we won't replace those softwares, but for right now, we found that people love Zero, love QuickBooks Online. They're very accustomed to it. So let's not break something that works and let's just link the data back and forth. So what are some of the typical complementary services out there that B30 would talk to in a, a typical brewery setup? So uh, to give you, I guess, a bit more idea of what I'm what I'm meaning by that. So someone's got B30. They then also subscribed with Zero for the accounting aspect, any other complementary services that breweries tend to use that where they all sort of intermingle and talk to each other? Uh, yeah, I think um, what, what I've seen from a number of customers is that they use the Zero QuickBooks side for accounting. They use the Brewer 30 side. Uh, we're starting to see more of the hardware API, like I mentioned, where people may have some of those sensors that they're interested in doing and using. And we're looking into some more integrations with, you know, for example, keg tracking or things like that. We have our own systems for that. But again, there's other companies like Kegstar or Convoy that people are familiar with that do that aspect of keg tracking really nicely, right? And so looking at potential things down the road with that in 2021 and beyond to see what that looks like. Um, on the POS side, there are a number of customers that use Arrived or Arrived in the US or Square or Stripe. And so you will also usually need something on the front of house side of things. And uh, it's one of those things that in the Beer 30 world, you'll just say, hey, I sold six kegs to the front of the house to the bar, but then you use that POS point of sale system to actually track you know, the demographics, male, female, time of day, understanding you know, pints versus flights versus what samples are being used. And so those are kind of the main areas where you're looking at the hardware side, the accounting side, and then front of house POS side. And I think those then you know, tie in nicely with the full data management ecosystem that breweries usually capture. 
Right, yeah. So basically front of house at the bar, someone's buying a beer, someone's got little square setups, um, as you see now, or just a POS um, system. That will then link into Beer 30 and capture all the sales data. Uh, no, so I won't actually link in with that side of things. Like I said, that those are reports that you'd be running in the, um, the POS side of things. Uh, in zero or oh, the right. POS yep. side. Okay. Yeah, you would run it there. But in Bureau 30 world, all you would say is, look, I sold five kegs to the front of the house, right? Uh, right. And so yep. that way for excise tax reporting, et cetera, like we have a two-click excise return going from the bonded areas to unbonded areas. And at that point, you're not writing your excise tax on, you know, if it was six pints of beer versus, you know, X number of ounces, it's literally, oh, I sold half a, keg, a half a 50 liter, a full 50 liter or 30 liter, 20 liter keg. So on our end, what we stop at in terms of the data side is I sold these kegs to the bar. And then as you were asking about software, the other POS sides really help to track that actual POS data so that we can run those reports in the POS side. Right. I think I saw on your website as well that the amount of users is unlimited, and which is a great thing. I know that some software or uh, I guess providers, regardless of whether it's brewing software, they'll only limit it to maybe two or three or up to five, and then you've got to purchase ones after it. So, yeah, that's that's really handy to know. Uh, what what sort of access do, I guess, the users have with it? Is it available on phones, iPads, yeah, sure. whatever? So, so what's really awesome about this is the unlimited users thing is something that we have as a core fundamental belief in the system. Yep. And the thought process is, is you want to capture as much data as possible, right? And so with that, you want every single user that's entering in data to have their own login. That leads to data transparency. Everything is timestamped in the system with the person's username. So if there is an issue with fermentation or pH or things like that, you know exactly who took those readings. And with that, what's great is that we have different permission profiles that are set up as well. So people that are manager versus operator level one, two, or three, or head brewer or sales and distro can access different areas of the system and then what's awesome about the way Beer 30 is set up is that everything is entirely mobile, tablet, and laptop friendly. Uh, we have everything as a web app, so that way we have full control over the entire stack. Things are hosted on Amazon Web Services, so they're easily scalable. And it's great because we handed it, some of the cool testimonials on our website. Uh, the brewing project is one of my favorites. They're out of here in the U.S. and Wisconsin, and they had actually purchased iPads for their team members. And within two or three days, people just didn't want to use the iPads anymore because they realized it was so user-friendly on their cell phones. And so that's a great example of people, you know, having that full flexibility where it's mobile, tablet, laptop-friendly to really allow you to see the entire picture. Yeah, no, that would be handy. And uh, so so people can, they're at home and they can monitor what's going on in their tanks. And if you've got that hardware API, is that what you called it? Uh, where it's linked in, you can see temperatures and... Exactly, um, yeah. Yeah. Is there, is there, uh, if, if it's all tied in neatly there, is it uh, the ability to adjust the sort of temperatures and settings or not quite? No, yet? that wouldn't be on our end. We were just no. looking at read-only data as you can Monitoring. imagine. Monitoring. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, yeah. that's really on the hardware vendor side of things, whatever they're yeah. doing, especially when it comes to their automation, their security firewalls. I mean, imagine if you could somehow hack that, right? Where you can then control somebody's entire glycol skin. Yeah. So that's a, a liability on that end. So no, we, we, we would only show the read-only side. And I think one of the cool things that you were talking about sitting at home, et cetera, our customers tell us that they get that peace of mind. And that's really what the cool thing is. But one of the big things, I remember this is distinctly at Ballast Point where um, there was a beer that I was drinking as my shifty, like my pint beer at the end of the day. And it tasted kind of off to me. And 
I distinctly remember asking the bar manager, like, hey, what's the brand and batch number? And then afterwards, when I was picking up my laptop, looking into the fermentation logs and picking up the brand and batch and going in and like doing that afterwards, right? Well, I thought about that when we were building up Beer 30, which was like, look, if I'm an owner and I'm at, you know, Chris's bar down the street and I'm having a beer and it tastes kind of weird, I don't want to wait to go back into the office to see what's happening. I want to pull up on my phone, log into Beer 30, look at that brand, look at that batch and see all the data in front of me. And maybe there's going to be something which says like, hey, there was an issue with fermentation or maybe it is something that the lines need to be cleaned at the bar. Right. And so it's those interesting things where mm. that mobile friendliness, don't wait until you get home to look at that data. Literally just pull it up on your phone as you're sipping on that beer. And you can even tie that on the sensory side where that can be an awesome customer sensory point that you're entering in with that brand and batch. Right. So it, it's an amazing aspect of looking at data in so many perspectives of pulling it up on your phone if something isn't working properly. Yeah, no, and I I noticed that, uh, yeah, you can look at the logs and, uh, I guess, capture, you know, like you said, sudden rises in temperature might cause off flavours like diacetyl or something like that. And so next batch you do, you don't repeat that, you can refine it more. And, um, yeah, I can already see the how powerful that, that can be with, especially in the early days. And I guess coming back to what I was saying earlier, is it is it worth the money in the first 12 months to a new brewery? Is it something they maybe evolve and expand into, you know, something like start Beer 30? But it's, it's start off from the beginning. I mean, mm. think about it, right? Like you're not going to skimp out on a pH meter. You're not yeah. going to skimp out on a hydrometer. You want to capture the gravities accurately. It's just as important for you to be able to compare each batch side by side and graph them on top of one another, right? See the trends. We actually had a brewery that noticed that their gravities were always on point, very tight, very consistent, but their beer still tasted very differently. And then when they started graphing those same six beers on the pH side, as an example, the pH could range anywhere from like 5.1 to 5.9, right? And what they realized was that their knockout pH was varying and deviating just because of the water chemistry that was coming in from the city being different. And at that point, they actually had to adjust the lactic acid that was happening during the brew side, right? And it's examples like that where as you're dialing in that brew house, you want to be able to track all these different parameters and start comparing it. Because once you realize that batch number five is that perfect blend, that treated brand that you want, you want to be able to repeat that. And you don't want it to be that all of a sudden, once you hit it once, you're not trying to scramble, decipher somebody's scribbling handwriting. Is that a, a six or is that a five? Like, what's that number? Like, how do you repeat it? You want it to be that it's standardized, it's consistent. And you even want the system to yell at you if you're not, right? So in Brew 30, you can actually set up tolerances where if on Brew Day things aren't within spec, the system can flag it as red, yellow, or green, right? And so that becomes an amazing way to dive in from day zero, from that very first brew that you're doing, to understand how things are deviating just over the first couple of weeks. So Chris, to your point, as you're building a brewery, I, I encourage everybody, make a decision, do some research, understand that, hey, as soon as I make my first PO of grains, hops, and adjuncts, this is the software that we're going with. And this is what we're using to have everything consolidated right from the very beginning. Because yeah, you can always grow into it, but honestly, you can start off from day one and have every single beer recorded to date in that system. Well, like you were saying earlier, one of your smallest customers is only doing 60 barrels a year. So was it 60 barrels? Yeah, 60 barrels. Yeah, wow. And the reason why he did that, because he's like, hey, I'm a one-man team. I don't have time to build out these spreadsheets. My time is valuable. Uh, they were doing uh, a lot of barrel aging beers as well. 
And he's like, look, I just want a system that works. You guys do it. I'm willing to pay the 125 a month plus the barrel aging module cost of 24 a month at that time and get this going, right? So for less than 150 bucks a month, US, at that time, this was like two and a half years ago when he started, uh, two years ago, he's like, cool, we're in, right? So it's things like that that really help people rationalize your time is money, right? And for him, having a software system that worked instead of him building up spreadsheets was money for him, right? And so that's why having 60 barrels a year you know, that's awesome. And having somebody do that and use a system is, is amazing to see. Mm. Yeah, no. And listen, people might be viewing that, you know, oh gosh, that's another added cost. And I just want to make beer, but I think a lot of people listening um, to this podcast, if they have from the very beginning is starting to understand it's not just about brewing beer. There's much, much more to that. And uh, there's got to be some organized systems around it. Yeah. Yeah. You're running a business. Like, sure. You can, you can make the world's best beer that you have, right? But if that beer is costing you three times what you're selling it for, you're not going to be in business, right? It's a hobby at that point. And, you know, it's really understanding and breaking down that to be a successful business, you need to understand all the nuances that go into running a business. And what that means is understanding from day one, look, this is what it's going to take. It's, it's having a software system that can help me know that this pint of beer, that a 24 pack of cans is costing me $14 to make, $14.50 to make. And replicating that, understanding your margins. And that's really what's going to set breweries apart as we go into the future right? and as the industry as a whole. Whether you're looking at the US, you're looking at Australia, you're looking at other areas, the breweries that can keep quality up top. Because at this point, if I try a beer at your brewery and I don't like it, there's so many breweries that legitimately just go down the street around the corner and there's another brewery that I can try, right? You've lost a customer. Yeah. And if I'm selling you beer at, you know, $6 a, a pint, but it's costing me $5 for 50 a pint, are those profit margins accessible for me to actually keep and run a business, right? And yeah. so those are the key aspects, that quality and costing side that really will determine the winners and losers moving forwards when it comes to the brewing industry as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess before we move on to our next segment where I want to get some of your insights about some of the you know, new latest tech coming on the market you know, in the software space related to the brewing industry, one thing you shared with me prior to us sitting down doing this recording was a, a really cool presentation that you did with the craft beer community, which is a great group, may I add. I think Andrew Copland runs it. And uh, you know that, that really did give me a lot of insight actually visually seeing how the dashboard and all the inner workings of it you know, looks like. So I will encourage people to uh, check that out and I'll, I'll aim to put that uh, as a link in the show notes and uh, maybe across some of our social media so they can sort of get a greater look at it. And obviously listening to, to this episode will also give them a bit more insight as well. But, but yeah, moving on to, I guess, interesting insights around the space you work in for the brewing industry. Uh, you know, off air, you mentioned a couple of things where AI is starting to make a really big push, automation, et cetera. Are you able to, I guess, share some of your knowledge around all that? Yeah, for sure. So a uh, couple of things. So one, yeah, if anybody's listening to this, if you're interested, there's some really cool Facebook groups and the Craft Group Professionals group run by Andrew Copeland is amazing. I know, Chris, you're going to link the group at the end of this, but uh, there's a really cool video and just a bunch of resources and the community is just growing. It's up to, I think, 12,000 people globally, right? And uh, internally, we also have a Beer 30 Legends group as well that we use on Facebook. So that way our customers can interact with one another, ask questions, things like that, if they want to opt in on that. 
And I think that's an interesting aspect, which I've always loved about this industry is that camaraderie and that mm. like ways to help each other out. And so, yeah, check out that presentation. If anybody wants to reach out to me to set up a private demo, happy to do that as well. And I think that's a, a great segue, like you were saying, to looking into the industry in the future, where really what I'm super excited about is the integration of the hardware side with the software side, right? And I think what's really interesting is, is that you have some really cool companies out there. Like, for example, I mentioned Kegstra and Convoy, right? Which are now doing the Internet of Things and they have like real-time tracking of kegs that are happening throughout, right? And then you have, for example, precision fermentation instruments, which are now adding in this like new sensor-based technology kit that does pH and gravities and temperature and pressure and DOs for each beer just as you like attach it to a tank, right? And so there's really cool technologies that are happening. And what I'm seeing as uh, the next trend, and this is something that Ryan and I talk about a lot, is understanding that the industry is really turning towards being proactive with your beer and really understanding that instead of just looking at data after the fact and being reactive, trying to understand the trends that are coming up with that same brand and different batch numbers to see what you can do to maybe shave off a day for fermentation, right? Understand a way that you can just export out data and visually start seeing and start spotting abnormalities that happen. And having a system yell at you and say, hey, check out this abnormality. This beer is not trending like it normally does. You may want to fix that, right? And if you catch that in the first 24 to 48 hours for a beer, that could legitimately be the difference between you dumping an entire batch of beer versus being able to salvage it and still make that killer beer, right? And so I think that's where the, the, the direction that all this data is heading of having those two systems talk to one another and having something like Beer 30 be that like middleman software that's the front of having the hardware pieces going into Beer 30 and Beer 30's insights and analysis and really being that portfolio piece. And, and I think that's what's going to happen. We're going to see more of this like integrated full stack side and people coming up with some cool algorithms. And being able to predict like, hey, based on sales information in the past of the last three years, you're about to come up to your busy season and you want to produce X percent of loggers, Y percent of IPAs. And oh, by the way, based on the entire industry as a whole, out of 500, 1,000 breweries, we're seeing these are the main six types of beers that people are doing, right? And being able to take that information to give you better insights and even allow you to compare your data over the industry as a whole. Right. Like one of the big numbers that uh, I used to look at when I was at Ballast Point was the water to barrel beer ratio. Right. Or water to beer barrel ratio. Right. Like how many gallons or barrels of water does it take to make one particular barrel of beer? Right. And I think New Belgium is one of the industry leaders at like 2.7. Ballast was at like 3.1 to 1. And it's super interesting where now when you start having these standards, you can also have people be a lot more cognizant of the environmental impact that they're having. Right. And so it's all these cool nuances and things that the community starts heading towards this use of data to really understand how they can make better beer, how they can hit industry standards and really just focus on what comes next for the beer side of the community. Right. Where they're able to brew more and brew better just by analyzing that that data set that's there and comparing against other industry leaders as well. Yeah, uh, I recall a, a statement that Pete Phillip from uh, Wayward mentioned on it on an earlier episode that it takes about a million to a million and a half liters a year for a production brewery to become profitable in his eyes probably a million and a half in sydney with the cost of living but 
later he, he mentioned a statement that for the big boys, um, you know, your, your big CUBs and Asahis, and for them to make a million liters, it takes probably two people. <laughs> for for, the, for a craft brewery, it's probably going to take them. It, it probably would be about thirty people, is what he said. So yeah, when I was at when I was at Ballast Point, when they actually Ballast Point, for those who don't know, Ballast Point actually sold to Constellation Brands for one billion US dollars. And at that high point, they were doing roughly four hundred thousand barrels, even a little bit more, right? Around four twenty. So roughly looking at about 46.8 million liters, right? 46.8 million liters. Oh, yeah. And if you look at it, like on the main production facility in the brewing side, yeah, they had a, a 300 barrel production that was always rolling out Sculpin, right? So think about that. That's one batch. And there was an entire project that we had of, you know, understanding what's happening at Ballast Point when it comes to how many turns can we get out of the 150? How many turns can we get out of the 300, right? And you're filling up tanks that are literally 1,500 barrels, right? That's just Jeez. one tank. And so put that into context for a second that you're then running, and by no means is this the level of like Anheuser-Busch or some of these bigger ones that are even there, or like the Polliner in Germany and the Europe ones. But like thinking from the perspective that you have a facility that has a bottling line that can do anywhere from 400 to 600 bottles a minute. And think about the downtime that happens where if you have like 10 minutes of downtime, that's literally thousands of dollars that are being that are being wasted, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you think about it from that perspective, the economies of scale of having a system like that with the ballast points, the the Anaja bushes, the Asais, the CUBs, I mean, yeah, you get to that level where you just have that equipment and you have the mm -hmm. automation in place where hitting a couple buttons, adding in some hops, adding in some grains and things, and you're having the system do a lot of the work for you that to your point, at a small brewery, it takes just so much more human input and so much more power mm. that's there. Yeah, it's it's frustrating when you hear hear realities like that because uh, I'm just doing a, a batch of homebrew at the moment. I'm this weekend going to bottle probably sixty or seventy bottles. It's probably going to take me over an hour. So, and you're saying it takes them <laughs> four hundred bottles in <laughs> a minute, minute, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, oh, well, now it sounds like there's some absolutely amazing equipment coming on the market. And uh, I guess it just depends on how people value automation over cost, you know what I mean? Like if if you can dedicate some money towards and, and, and budgets are going to be tight for people starting out, it's not cheap running a, and, and opening a brewery. But, you know, if you can see the long-term value of it, you know, there's systems like yours and, and, and many others that people should definitely consider looking at. And uh, it's something that I will be as well. Uh, before our chat, I was sort of of the mindset that, you know, maybe this is something I would grow into, but, you know, you're starting to convince me now that it's uh, from day one, it's probably something you should use and, and value because like you said, even if you're a, a month old or 10 years old, one bad beer can turn customers off. And, you know, having that data there, being able to refine recipes and, and off flavors, you know, it's, I think it's worth all the money in the end. Absolutely. And, and the key thing, right, is that start off small, right? You don't need all the bells and whistles. You just need that base system to get you going, to get you adding in the comparisons for gravities and pH and setting up the proper SOPs and things. And, and it's interesting because, yeah, brewing is an art. Yes, it is a science, right? But to be successful, if you're building a brewery, it's a business as well. 
right? And mm. the people that are able to understand that and the, the breweries that are able to best manage that from day one and understand, like, look, as much as I want to brew this particular beer, it's going to cost me more. Like, yeah, people may love it, but the costs are going to be higher. I need to offset the cost somehow. That's the only way that you're going to be able to stay in business, right? And you got you to gotta imagine that from day one. And yes, you can grow into it, but the, the quality aspects that come from tracking the data from the very beginning are super instrumental in being successful at this point. Mm. Well, uh, any closing thoughts and advice, PK? You know, it's very interesting. The one thing that uh, I was actually thinking about right now, when you were talking about, you know, the homebrew side and the 60, the 60 bottles that you're doing, the biggest thing that I want to emphasize with that is, and this really comes down to the startup side as well that I had when I first began the fifth ingredient, it can be very daunting when you start looking at, hey, you know, like when I first started, like, oh, there's Ecos, there's Orchestrated Beer, there's Unleashed. These, these companies have literally hundreds, thousands of customers, like, I just have an idea or, hey, I'm just homebrewing. I'm doing 60 bottles in an hour, right? But that element that I really want to get entrepreneurs, people that are like interested in doing it. A side note, I do a number of talks on startups and entrepreneurship and things like that. And uh, you can definitely find some on the 15 Green website. I'm more than oh, happy perfect. to do some talks on that as well. But it's to get started and build out that MVP and keep growing, right? Ballot's Point did not become that selling story overnight, right? It was over 20 plus years. 25 years of just like actually building and start off as a homebrew shop. That's where they start off. That was the roots of Ballast Point, a small little homebrew shop where they were doing bottles, exactly what you're talking about. That mm. became Homebrew Mart. And same on our end, right? Me just having an idea and saying, hey, let me just hit up a couple of breweries and see if people are interested. So now having a system where literally hundreds of breweries are reaching out to us, right? Across the world that hear about us. Like start off somewhere, right? It can be very daunting, but take that first step, take that leap. And really figure out what your vision is. Why are you doing this? Why are you building this company? Why are you building this brewery? Is it a hobby? Is it a business that you actually want to make profitable and make it a full-time job, right? And I think those are the key areas that as you start diving in are really the decision factors that indicate whether or not a business is going to be successful. It's understanding, look, this is my motivation. I've done a lot of research. This is the industry and this is where I'm going. So that's kind of what I want to say. Like, look, you're starting off by, you know, doing those 60, 60 bottles right now. You find that one bottle that everybody loves. And now all of a sudden you start taking that and building it up. And that's really what the story is for so many breweries that are successful, right? Like starting off with that one core flagship that they found when they were home brewing and boom, that just explodes like wildfire. And so just start off somewhere. That's my final thought that any entrepreneur, it's daunting. Having a support system, et cetera, is huge, but just get started. See what happens. Run from there learn from the failures, uh, celebrate the successes, and really just dive in on constantly improving and always adapting to what's happening in the world and what's happening around you on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, perfect. Well, that, that's uh, a nice, I guess, closing thoughts and, and advice on, on all that. And there's a lot of the, the people on here have, have um, you know, said similar things to what you were saying earlier, that go out into the, the beer community and talk to people. Everyone's so uh, welcoming and sharing of information and uh, and then that's what I wanted to demonstrate with this podcast is that because it's it is difficult to piece it all together so what you've provided today is is another piece of the puzzle and and, and a very important one and, and probably a, a another overlooked one because I know it wasn't something that I was considering going into this project and I'm really glad that you did sort of bring it to my attention and and, and have this opportunity to sort of come on and explain Beer 30 in a bit more detail. So, and, and once again, I will link to your website and uh, also the 
presentation that you did with um, craft beer community and I guess maybe just leave people with you know some uh, maybe an opportunity to plug things a bit further I know you've already talked a bit, a bit about beer 30 but any other special events offers or, or things coming up for beer 30 uh yeah 2021 looking at the hardware side of things and really focusing on material resource planning and really starting to help our customers use your data to make some awesome new beers and depending on how COVID things come around, ideally 2021 BrewCon is still on. Um, and at that point we were, Ryan and I came to Australia in 2019 for BrewCon and ideally next year we're around as well for BrewCon. So hopefully grabbing a beer with some of our customers and really just enjoying that aspect of it as well. As you can imagine, the States have been a little, little um, iffy right now with everything yeah. happening. So um, looking forward to that and seeing how things play out uh, going into the next year and ideally having some of these conferences and going from there on things. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks again, PK, for coming on the podcast and uh, we'll leave it at that, mate. Awesome. Cheers. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Build Me A Brewery podcast. That concludes our brewery consulting and quality management segment. The next segment, we move into a very exciting topic, which I'm sure is for most, and that is brewery equipment sourcing. Another giant four-episode segment where I chat with experts both here in Oz and overseas on the many important considerations, not only on the right equipment and supplier, but the forgotten aspects of tailoring that equipment to the type of brewery you want to be and, and the site location that you've secured. So make sure you tune in for that, which will be available next week. As always, if you are liking the podcast so far and find the content useful, please give us a follow and rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow us on all our social media handles as well as visiting our website, www.buildmeabrewery.com.au. Much more complimentary content will be coming your way if you sign up to our mailing list. I'm Chris Hayton, your host, and this is the Build Me A Brewery podcast. <music>